uh, we are in between series. We're a week away from Easter, and so I want to take some time and talk about something. Now, today is going to be more like a talk than a sermon, and some of you are like, well, that's how it is every week. Shut up, okay? I get it, all right? And so, uh, so we're going to talk a little bit, and so what I want to do is talk about this idea of come and see. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I get excited about things, and when I get excited about things, I want to tell people about it. Okay, and so like if you listen to our podcast, you all the time hear us talking about movies and shows. And I mean, if you haven't watched Ted Lasso yet, what is wrong with you? And so, uh, so you know, we talk about that stuff, and movies will come up, and I like to talk about those things and engage those things. And, and so, what happens is, from time to time, and I hope you guys are like this, when you experience something, the first thing you want to do is go and share it with somebody. And so there's movies, there's television shows, there's things on Netflix, um, music. I, I love when I hear new songs, I like to share it with people. Uh, I, in fact, this week, the Bourbon and Beyond lineup came up. It's one of the music festivals. If you haven't seen it, it's like the best music lineup. Like all of my favorite bands are going to be there. And so I would share it with friends like, hey, we should go to this. We should go to this. It's going to be awesome. All these bands. And so I like to share that information. Now, I love movies and I love shows and I love music, but there's one thing I love more than all of those things, and that's food. Okay, and some of you are like, "Yeah, we we see you." Okay, and so uh, I love food, and so when I find new restaurants, and I'm a bit of a foodie, okay, um, and so I, I like certain types of food, and, and I like to experience new things. But I'm a little bit of a foodie, and so when I find out about food, I like to tell people about it. And so this week, uh, me and my wife went to a new restaurant, and so there's a slide picture of that. If you haven't been, to this is downtown Louisville. Uh, it's a Cuban restaurant. It is. If you've not had Cuban food, you are missing out. Uh, it is amazing. And so we went there with some friends this week and had a great experience. And I'm telling you, you need to go downtown Louisville. It's in Nulu on Market. And you need to check this place out. You need to order the Leishon Asado or the Churrasco, which is their steak. Uh, it is amazing. And get the Cuban coffee at the end. If you've never had Cuban coffee, you need to experience it. So like when I find stuff, I like to tell people about it. Now, this next one's going to be a little bit harder to get to. Um, but this is the greatest thing I've ever ate in my entire life. And I say this, and you've heard me talk about it before. Uh, next slide. Uh, this is the lobster roll from Thrames Street Oyster House um, in Felt Point, Maryland. So uh, a little bit further for you to travel to. But if you're ever in Baltimore on Thames Street, it's in Felt Point, it's one of those areas there, there's this lobster roll. And so they catch the lobster fresh. Uh, they take it, they break it apart. Um, and what's amazing about this lobster roll is it's just lobster and butter. That's it. And they make the roll fresh, and they even give you another shooter of butter in case the, the, all the butter they caked it in wasn't enough. Um, and it is, it is honestly, it is the greatest thing. In fact, like seriously, um, I have thought about just flying to Baltimore on certain days just to eat this. Um, and I haven't done it yet, but it may happen soon. Um, and so, uh, so it, is, it looks so good, but it is amazing. Now, before we go to the next slide, what I want to say is, now I love a food, and I love, like, I like, I'm a foodie, so I kind of like high-end food, and I like food that's kind of hard to get, or some ethnic food. Um, but when it comes to dessert, there's one thing, that, and I don't care how fancy it, it gets, okay? But when you find something that's really good, you tell people about it, and you want to share it with people. And there's one dessert that I'm assuming most of us have experienced, but when you see this, right, let's go to the next slide. Um, anybody see this and you just get really excited, right? I mean, I've been to a lot of places and had a lot of desserts, and I'm going to tell you, there is nothing better than a hot and ready Krispy Kreme. Now, here's the deal. I could not get hot and ready Krispy Kremes because there's not one close by. There's lots of warehouses, but there's no Krispy Kremes, okay? And so I couldn't, I couldn't get one. But I did go and get some Krispy Kremes the other day, yesterday. And so I'm telling you, like when you bite into this thing, and, and I don't know how long you're supposed to rewarm these for, and I didn't want it to be stale, so I didn't do that. But it is 
one of the best things you'll ever eat in your entire life. I'm telling you. And if you've never had a hot and ready Krispy Kreme and you drive past one and you see that sign, you need to stop. Does anybody want a Krispy Kreme? I have five more. All right, here we go. We're going to pass them around. Make sure everybody gets one. And you can have this one, too, if you want. Yeah, there's somebody's running for one. All right. The number one rule they teach you in preaching classes: never put something in your mouth when you're trying to talk. So that's not good. Now, when you experience something you get excited about, you just have to tell people about it. There's almost like this approach like, hey, I've experienced this, and you need to experience this, and so I need to tell you about this experience. Early on in Jesus' ministry, you know, there's this thing that happens, and it's kind of crazy, is he gets these disciples. And and what happens is these disciples, when they first encounter Jesus, they're kind of blown away by him. They've never experienced anything like that. And so they want to go, and they want to tell people about it. They want to tell their friends about it. And and there's this famous kind of story in John chapter 1. And it's kind of when some of the disciples get, get started. And it's John chapter 1, starting verse 35. It says, The following day, John, who also wrote this gospel, was standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, Look, there's the Lamb of God. And this is talking about John the Baptist now. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Jesus looked around and saw them and says, What do you want? He asked them. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And here's what he says. He says, Come and see. So they're intrigued because John the Baptist has been this guy they've been studying under. And so they're intrigued because they've been hearing these stories about Jesus. And, and they want to kind of get what, what all the hype is about. Okay? They want to they understand what everybody's talking about. And so he simply says, come and see. Just come and check it out. Come follow me. This is a little bit later, next verse 43. Uh, the next day Jesus had to go to Galilee. And he found Philip and said to him, come follow me. So Philip, in the story, what we see is that Philip goes to Jesus to try to find him. And Jesus is like, ah, just come follow me. Just come check out what I'm doing. And then just a couple verses later, we see this. Philip, okay, so he gets excited about this. And so he he gets excited. I think the verses are going to come up, 45. If not, that's on me. 45, Philip went to look for Nathaniel. So Nathaniel's his friend and told him, we have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. Now, here's what you have to understand. Jesus wasn't the first presumed Messiah. There's a whole bunch of them. And none of them pan out. None of them work out. And and so Jesus isn't the first person to claim to be the Messiah. Jesus isn't the first person that people said is the Messiah. And so here is Nathaniel, Philip talking to Nathaniel. He's like, you know, we found this guy, this Messiah that everybody's been talking about. His name is Jesus, the son of Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathaniel. Can anything good come from Nazareth? And I want to leave that there because I love this question. First of all, this is a real dig. Can anything good come from Shepherdsville? I don't know. All right. Can anything good come from, can anything good come from there? And then I started thinking about it even on, on a deeper level. Like, so some of us, what happens, and this is where we're going today in case you haven't kind of picked up on it. Um, we get excited about church and we get excited about Jesus. And like, so we want to go tell people about it because we've experienced a church that's different than the, all the churches we've been to, or we finally connected with Jesus for the first time. We've been hearing all this stuff about Jesus, but we finally connected with him. And so we go and tell somebody about it. And their response is, can anything good come from church? 
Can anything good come from religion? And it's an honest question. Because to be honest with you, and we, we talk about this all the time, there's been a lot of wrong, and there's been a lot of hurt, and there's been a lot of pain, and there's been a lot of misinformation. And so don't be surprised like if you get excited about church or you get excited about Jesus and you go to tell somebody and their response is, can anything good come from that? And so I think there's like this moment where Philip's kind of like stunned, like, Dude, I just told you we found the Messiah. We found the one that everybody's been talking about for years and years and years, the one that's been promised. And your response is, can anything good come from that? And so Philip has this simple response, and it's what I want to talk about today. He says, come and see for yourself. Don't believe it? You don't think it's good? All right, that's fine, okay? But just come and see for yourself. And I think when it comes to faith, I think this is the approach that we need to have with people. Like when we get excited about journey or we get excited about whatever church you end up at in the future or you get excited about faith, like you got to understand it's not going to be something everybody else gets excited about right at first. Maybe because of stuff that's happened to them or their experiences or, or whatever it is, or, or maybe they just don't believe and they don't want to believe. And so here's the deal. You can't expect them to get as excited at first as you might be. And so your response is just, well, come and see. Just come, come and check it out. See, here's what, what I want you to know, and, and we know this every single week, and we've known this for years, that every single week we have people that are in this room, and don't raise your hand because it would be really awkward. Um, you just don't know if you're buying into all this, Right? Like you're here because they told you you had to be here or you're here because it saves an argument later and it's easier for me to sit here for an hour than get an argument about it later, right? Or, or, or maybe, you know, you, you just don't buy into this stuff, but you just come because it's what you do, especially in this part of the world and this part of the United States where we grew up. And so you just come to church. And, and so here's the thing. We, we always know there's people in here that are skeptical or cynical, and we're glad that you're here. We also know there's people that are you never checked this out before. Like, like every single week, you, you don't know this because you come, but every single week there's new people here, right? And there's new people that are maybe are checking this out, this church out for the first time, or they're checking out Jesus for the first time. And we're glad that they're here as well, right? We always try to uh, assume that there's guests in the room. And guests might be somebody new or guests might be somebody that's just checking this out for the first time. And not only do we know that they're here, but we're glad that they're here. We really are. And I hope you are too. And not only are we glad that they're here and we're happy about it, right? We want them to have a great experience. We do. We want when somebody finally comes and sees, whether it's Journey or another church or whatever it is, but when they finally come to check out Jesus, because that's the main thing, we want them to have a great experience. And we want them to hear good news. Now, why do I talk about this? Because Easter's coming up, and there's going to be a big ask at the end, and some of you are just not going to like it at all, and that's okay. But, but here's the thing. Easter is the time of year where people just come back to church, right? People will come to church. They will never go to church. Any other time of the year, Christmas and Easter, they'll come. And so we're assuming that next week we're going to have guests. Some of them will be your guests, right? People that you've invited, family and friends. And so there's going to be guests in the room. And so we want them to have a good experience. We want them to hear good news. And this is important because I don't think a lot of churches sometimes recognize this. 
And the other thing I think that's really important is this, and it's the good news piece. And I don't want to talk about this too much because we're going to talk about it next week. But see, when you hear, when they heard this news of Jesus, and when Jesus goes through death and resurrection and rises again, and the early church starts, and they're going around and they're telling all these people about the good news of Jesus, um, it was considered good news. The problem is, if I'm honest, for a lot of us, when it comes to church, when it comes to Jesus, the world doesn't perceive it as good news anymore, do they? Right? In fact, some people are hostile towards it. Some people just immediately dismiss it. And here's the thing. I often wrestle with that. Why is that? Why is that that so many people are just so dismissive of this message? I mean, the original followers, I mean, this was good news. And if you understand what the gospel is, and here's what it is, just in a nutshell, let's say there is a God that created and sustains and holds all things together. And I get that that's hard for some of you to to go there, but there is a God that does that. And not only is he a God that does that, which makes him pretty big and makes us pretty insignificant at times, but not only does he do that, but he actually wants a personal relationship with us to restore order in this world and in your life that he created. That God hasn't given up on you, he hasn't given up on us, and he hasn't given up on the world. To be honest, if I was God, I may have at this point. But he hasn't. And no matter what you've done or where you've been or the amount of hurt and pain you've caused yourself and others... It's not about the steps that you've taken. It's about the next step you will take. And that all of us are equal. It's pretty good news, right? So why is it that it's not considered good news? Well, I think part of it is this, okay? See, when it comes to church, like if people reject church because they just can't get behind that, okay, and they reject the good news because they can't get behind that, then that's one thing. Like, there's nothing we can do about it. I'm not going to change my stance on Jesus and who he was and that he actually existed and there's actual real things and event in history that took place. I can't change my stance on that. But here's the thing. I don't think that people are rejecting us because of that. Can I say something that's going to be hurtful? Do you know why they're rejecting us? It's because of us. It's not the news and it's not the message. Now, there may be some people... But for the most part, here's what we find. We find over and over again in all these studies that are done, it's not Jesus they have a problem with, it's us. And so here's what I want to say. Listen, if someone comes to Journey and they come and check it out and and they choose to decide this is not for them because they reject the good news of Jesus that we believe is actually good news for all people, there's nothing we can do about that. But if they reject us for any other reason, then we need to take an honest look at that. And we need to ask ourselves, what's going on in this picture? For, for example, um, if there's anything about your church history or your church past that didn't strike you as good news, then maybe you were presented bad information or you were part of a church that had a bad interpretation of what good news was actually supposed to look like. I mean, think about it. If someone walks up to you and says, hey, I've got good news, the first thing you shouldn't do is start like making a list of all the reasons why it isn't good news, right? That's not what you should do. What you should say is, that's awesome. I love good news. We need more good news, right? Good news is the teacher canceled the exam and everybody gets an A, right? 
You ever been in that class? All right. Good news is everybody gets a bonus. Good news is Chick-fil-A decided to open on Sunday and it's free for everybody, right? <laughs> that's good news. And so you don't question it. You're just like, okay, that's good news. But why is it when it comes to the message of Jesus, and we're going to talk more about this next week, so, so this is part one of part two, why is it that so many people don't think it's good news? And why is it that so many people, they reject the church and they miss out on the good news of Jesus? So we need to do something about that, and we need to do something about that here because we do have people that are coming and seeing and, and hearing, and we want them to come and see. I mean, that's the message, right? Come and see. Listen, we know you're skeptical. We know you have your questions. We know you have your doubts about the message of Jesus, but it shouldn't be us that's keeping you from there. So come and see, and we just want to play our part in what's going to happen. Now, part of good news is understanding this. The way we communicate is really important. My number one rule in communication is this. It's not what I say, it's what you hear, right? You want to help yourself in conversations with anybody you ever talk to, just keep that in mind. It's not what I say, it's what you hear, right? Husbands and wives, we know that, right? It's not what I say, it's what you hear. I can say this, but if you hear this, it's something else. And so when we're talking about the good news, we have to be really clear. We have to make sure we are being very clear about what we're saying. But here's the, here's the thing. The good news of Jesus isn't just about the words we say, it's about the things we do, the way we treat people, the way we respond to people, including the people in this room. The second thing I want to say is when it comes to sharing information with people, there are a couple of things you need to know. Who says it actually matters, right? Who says it matters? Where they say it matters and why they say it matters, okay? So, so who says it matters where they say it matters, and why they say it matters. So who says it, okay? There are people that you can say things to that if I said it to, I would get slapped in the face, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like there are people that you can say things to that I may never be able to say things to because of the relationship, either there or not there. There are people that you will have influence over that I will never have influence over, right? We know this. And so who says it actually matters, right? Don't, come on. There are people in your life right now that if they said this to you, you would get so mad, right? But the same message comes from somebody else and you're like, okay, that's fair. You know what I'm talking about, right? When I do marriage counseling, here's what I always say to couples. So this will help you out, free marriage counseling, okay? Sometimes a lot of couples say, I understand what you're saying, but he can't hear that because it's coming out of your mouth, right? And we get there sometimes. And so who says it actually matters? And, and so when it says to come and see, listen, people expect me to invite people to church. It's just part of it. So when I put a video on Facebook that says, come to our church, right? That pales in comparison to you saying, hey, I think you should come check this out. You get that. Who says it actually matters? Not only in an invitation, but also in the good news. Where you say it matters, right? You don't give bad news in a crowd. You know that, right? Like you don't, you don't give bad news in a crowd. And so where you say it actually matters, okay? When you speak into people's lives, you want to make it intimate. You want to make it personal, right? 
Okay, you want to make it where, hey, I, I, listen, I understand what's about to happen and what's going on, and so I want to make sure this is a safe space for you. And, and so when you talk to people, when you share information with them, um, don't do it in the checkout line at Kroger's. Not a good place, right? Okay, but if you take the time to create an environment where they know that, hey, this person cares and they're inviting me to something, right, okay, that matters. If you invite somebody to church, okay, don't put a sticky note on their front door, come to church with me. All right? That's not as important as if you have somebody over for coffee or dinner or you take the time to actually call them, not text them, call them, right? And then why? Why are you doing this? You should not invite people to church because I want you to. You should do it because there was this point in your life where things weren't going well and then you heard the good news about Jesus because you came and you saw and it changed something. And you have people that you love in your life, and you want that opportunity for them to have hope and redemption and grace and mercy and love. I hate to tell you this, but some people, when it comes to the church, they just want to hurt people and cut people down. They say stuff under the cover like they care, but really they don't. And that's not good news. And, and so why we say it is, listen, we need people in our lives and people we can speak into their lives, the, the hard things in life, and they know that we love them and they love us. And so they need to know the reason you're doing this is because you actually care. You actually love this person. I think sometimes we miss that. And so when it says it's come and see, like, why are you saying this? Where are you saying it? And who are you saying it to? It matters. Here, here's what I know. I think for a lot of you in this room, it would be so much easier to invite a stranger to church, wouldn't it, than to invite somebody you really care about because it might get awkward, right? Okay, so we invite them because we want them to come and see what we've experienced. So, so that's step one. Okay, but okay, we get them in the doors, okay? And this is to be here. You don't like this church? Pick another church. There's lots of good ones. Better buildings, I promise, okay? No one's envious of our building or our parking lot, okay? And, and so um, you get them to church. You get them to come and see whatever environment that is that works for you, okay? Here's the next thing. What are you inviting them into? And the first thing is what do they see? I don't have time for it, but we used to do this 10 commandments of coming to journey. I don't know if you guys remember those or not. We had a lot of fun with those. Um, but, but here's the thing that I know. Coming into an environment for the first time, and some of you in this room, this is your first time, and you're like, this guy is really weird. All right, listen, it's really intimidating, isn't it? It's really intimidating to walk in somewhere by yourself for the first time, especially a place where you wonder if you're going to be accepted and welcome or rejected. It's really intimidating. I've had people in this room tell me that they've been in our parking lot, they sat in their car, and they didn't come in, and they did it three weeks in a row before they finally came in. I've had people tell me that, multiple people tell me that. I've seen people, this is true, literally, so I have my office on the front side, so if you do anything weird, walk it up this way, just know I saw it, and so, uh, and some of you do. And, and so my office is right there, and I have a window. I have seen people get out of their cars, walk into the building, walk out and drive away multiple times. It's intimidating. And so what do they see? What are we inviting them into? And we have this opportunity for them to come and see. Okay, so here's the first thing. What we want them to see? We want them to see smiles. It's okay to smile, guys. 
I don't have to say this to the ladies as much, but it's okay to smile at people. It's okay to seem friendly, right? It's okay, well, I think it's okay. I haven't checked the, the rules lately, but it's okay to shake hands, right? I think, all right, we have Purell if it's not, okay? Um, it's okay to shake hands with people and a firm handshake. Guys, firm handshake, practice it. There's nothing worse than that handshake and it's like, yeah. All right, you know, firm handshake. I'm not making fun of people, it just, it's weird. All right, um, so firm handshakes, okay. It's okay to shake hands with people, even people you don't know, right? Some of you don't do it to strangers. It's okay to hug people, all right? It's weird, but it's okay if you want to. We want people to see that. We want people to see laughter, right? I say this all the time. I think you should actually enjoy the people you go to church with. You should have friends here. Like, that's okay, right? I want them to see kids having fun. I will never, ever yell at a kid for running in church. You can, but I will not, because I want kids to have fun. This should be a place where people have fun. But you know what else they need to see? They need to see people who are willing to acknowledge that they are there. Some of you have been a journey for a long time. And I get that we have different services and we've moved in different parts of the building and all these different complications. Okay, but here's the thing. Um, people want to be acknowledged that they're here. And some of us, we need to do a better job at that, including me. You never know the power of saying hello to someone, especially if they come in an environment like this in a room full of people and they feel completely alone. Just saying hi or, or saying, hey, what's your name? Like, you never know the power of that. It's the simplest act, too. Hey, what's your name? So glad you're here. I haven't seen you before, right? And if they say they've been coming to the journey for six or seven years, it doesn't matter, okay? Just, I haven't seen you. I haven't met you. It's nice to meet you. You know what else they need to see? They need to see people that are willing to move seats if necessary to accommodate their family. I know, some, I know where every single person sits. I can tell you where you sit, all right? And sometimes, especially on Easter, like we need to be willing to move a little bit to accommodate a family or a guest or a family with people. We need to help people find a bathroom or communion or where the offering plate is. Please stop handing me cash in the lobby, okay? Just, we need to help people find those things, okay? These are all jokes because we know where these things are. They don't. And lastly, and this is the one that's going to upset so many of you all, they need to find open parking spots, Stop taking the best ones. Park across the street. Park behind the building. All right? If Journey is your home and you've been coming here for more than, I don't know, two weeks, you're in. Okay? <laughs> Go park across the street. If you have kids, I get it. Drop them off. Pull around. We'll, we'll make it work. We'll valet. We'll the high schoolers valet your car. We'll figure something out. Right? <laughs> but they need to find open parking spots because we want them to have a good experience. And the other thing is this, and I believe this, we have amazing people here at Journey. We want them to see you and to see your smiles and your friendliness and see all of these things. Listen, church is not about a building. Thank goodness. It's about people. And we want them to see you. Next is, what do they hear? We want them to hear good news. I've already said this, and I'm going to talk about it more next week, but but here, here's what we want. We want them to hear good news. Now, good news doesn't mean it's not going to be tough or difficult to hear. But it should be good. See, we believe that God hasn't given up on anybody and hasn't given up on us. 
that nobody that walks into this room is too far gone. And we believe that, listen, that, that nobody in this room, regardless of what you walked in here with, should have to carry it by themselves, should have to walk through it by themselves. Not only do you have a God who will never leave you or forsake you, that's one of the promises he makes, but you have a room full of people, a community full of people that want to help you see it through. There's this great line we talked about a couple weeks ago um, in in one of the sermons, and, and it was where this woman at the well, and she looks at Jesus, and he says, he told me everything I ever did. Let me ask you a question. If someone told you everything you ever did, how embarrassed would you be? And the fact that Jesus was able to tell this woman everything that she ever did, and he still loved her and accepted her, just as he can know everything about you and still love you and accept you. And so do we. There's this famous line where it says that simply Christianity is just one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread, right? That's it. We're all jacked up. We're all messed up. We're all, listen, me too. There's this great line by Jesus, though, and he says, which one of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? And here's the danger. Okay, you ever been a part of a movement or a church or whatever it is where they offer you bread and then they do the bait and switch and they hit you with a rock? You know what I'm talking about? Here, here's the bread. You get in and they bang you over the head with it. We don't want to be one of those places. It's not about the steps you've taken, but the steps that you will take. And then lastly, what do they experience? And I'm going to talk about this a whole lot next week. We want them to experience hope. I, I tell my staff well, every, every year we have this staff thing, and they, we talk about why we do what we do. And for me, it's simply hope. I think that hope is the most powerful force on the earth. As long as we have hope, we can make it through. Or have you ever met somebody that walks in with no hope and you give them a little bit of hope and it changes everything? See, hope is one of the most powerful forces on the world because life is hard and it beats us down and there are things that are constantly stealing our joy and our peace of mind. In fact, some of you right now, you have something stealing your joy and your peace of mind. And every single week, there are guests that are going to show up with the exact same mindset. There's guests every week, visitors every week that are going to show up early because only visitors show up early, right? And they're going to drag their middle school or high school kid here, bad attitude and everything. And what do we want them to experience? There's a woman that's going to show up and she's been begging her husband to come and finally one week he agrees to come. What do you want him to experience? And there's a kid going to show up with the odds stacked against them and home is not going well and they don't have a a father figure or a mother figure who's invested in them and we get that chance to do it. Or there's a couple that's going to show up and it's been a bad season, the diagnosis has not been good and they're just barely hanging on. What do you want them to experience? And those people are here every single week. Some of you are those people And those people will be here next Sunday as well. Here's the better question. What if that was your middle school son or daughter, your friend that you've invited? 
What do you want them to experience? And one more thing, and I've got to wrap up because we've got a lot to do for the rest of the service, but there's going to be people who show up that have hurt themselves, that have hurt others, and from all outside perspectives are a lost cause. Here's my question for us as a whole. What level of lostness are you comfortable with? I mean, what level of brokenness are you actually okay with? How messy can people be and still come to our church on a scale of one to 10? By the way, there's no scale. We're all the same. Jesus says to come and see. And he also says he came to seek and save the lost. And he didn't put criteria into how lost is too lost. And neither should we. And that's good news for all people. So come and see. And when they come and see, what are we inviting them into? You never know the power of a handshake or a, hey, what's your name? Or, hey, let us move down so your family can sit here. A, hey, can I pray with you? You never know what hangs in the balance to invite someone. And when we invite people, for us as a community to be friendly and loving, you know, here's the reality. Come and see. And when they come and see, what do they experience? And we hope that they see Jesus, and we hope they hear good news, and we hope that they experience hope. But you know what? If we're really honest, sometimes we'll take that wasn't so bad, right? Because we planted a seed. So I got three big asks, and I got to be done because I've talked way too long. Three big asks for next week. Ready? First of all, you need to invite some people. In fact, my challenge is three people or families, and I know that you don't want to do that. Do you know Barna came out with a study two years ago, and they said the number one reason by far and away, in fact, it was over 80% of the people that they surveyed, do you know the number one reason why they don't attend church? Because nobody had asked them. And they didn't mean like they saw a Facebook post. They mean no one had personally asked them to come to church with them. And I know that makes you nervous, but, but here's the thing. God cares more about your availability than your ability right? And so invite somebody. This week, we're going to create a Facebook message and a Facebook video and share those things. Share those, okay? You don't want to invite somebody, share those. Tag somebody, say, come to church with me. We love, because I'm telling you, next week is going to be all about good news. And then lastly, and this is the biggest ask, and I know for some of you, you're going to hate this, and I I get it, okay? Um, Because we're doing four services, we need a lot of help, especially with our kids, right? And I know some of you, that's the worst possible thing I could ask you to do is work with kids. I get it. Me too, okay? But here's the thing, okay? We, we need you back there, even if it's only just for one week. And so when we leave the service, if you're willing for one week, one hour, service, come to a service and attend a service and serve a service, if you're willing for one week to help out with kids, that's all we're asking, stop by the Welcome Center. And we're not going to ask you to do it again. Some of you, believe me, we are not going to ask you to do it again, okay? (laughs) Just one week, though. We need you for different areas in this church, all right? Because we believe that Jesus changes things. It can change you. It can change your family. It can change your friends. It can change our community. And we want to invite people to come and see the good news of Jesus. Let's pray.